You are listening to the Bozeman United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. Every Monday morning, you can catch up on the previous Sunday sermon or ones you've missed from the past. You can find out more about us at bozemanumc.org or on our Facebook or Instagram page. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to share with a friend. Happy birthday, church. Yeah, it is the day in which we celebrate the birth of the church with the coming of the Holy Spirit. And today we continue on and we, we truly finish up this Pentecost day with our sermon series, The Holiness of Laughter. As we celebrate and we feast together with the Holy Spirit that breathed life into the disciples, that breathed life into the church, we too celebrate that breath of life today. Since Easter, we have been journeying together through this Holiness of Laughter series, trying to find the humor, the hope, the healing throughout the Psalms, the wisdom of Ecclesiastes, and we journeyed with Jesus and the disciples as they tried to figure it out themselves. The through line for this whole series, this whole time between Easter and today, Pentecost, has been to engage, has been to be, be present in the difficult moments of life, and to find ways to have hope and joy in the midst of it. We know that life often can weigh heavy upon our hearts and souls, and yet we remember that we do not walk this life alone. We have each other, and we have God. And today is the culmination of that promise, the promise that we will never be alone. And we celebrate it with the arrival of the Holy Spirit. This entire, season, uh, this entire series and season has been to prepare us for this very moment. In fact, the idea of the holiness of laughter came from the Scripture today, and I worked myself backwards. The hope and humor that we find today, this day of Pentecost, through the story that we find in the book of Acts, there's so much there. There is so much hope in this story. And there's so much humor embedded in it as well. And so I want you to do something for me this morning. I want you to take your shoes off and put the shoes of the disciples on. So however you need to do that today, go ahead. You have seen the fullness of life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Post-resurrection, Jesus appears to you in the upper room, on the road to Damascus, on the lakeshore, wherever you have found yourself, you have seen Jesus in these moments. You looked at the holes in his hands. You ate breakfast with him. You walked with him. You then went to the mountaintop and you received the great commission to go out. To go out and share the love and grace of Christ with all people. Over the 40 days in which Jesus had died, was resurrected, and then came back, walked with you, talked with you, ate with you. It continues to prepare you that there will be a day where he goes again. And some 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus ascends to the heavens to sit at the right hand of God. And we're left asking ourselves, now what? Now what? Now what? And we all head back to the upper room, but to do what? To get started on the Great Commission? No. 
to preach and teach and, and heal just as Jesus did? No. No, we return back to the upper room to figure out who will replace Judas, which seems to take about 10 days. And there's an entire joke and and sermon in there about how the church making decisions by committee just, (laughs) it's in our DNA. (laughs) But that's not why we're here today. Today we ask, now what? Tradition has it that 10 days or so after Jesus ascends to heaven, the Holy Spirit makes a, a dramatic and triumphal entrance with wind and fire. Hear it again. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. The men and women who had followed Jesus so closely are in the upper room once again, a place they shared communion with Jesus in, a place they hid out of fear when Jesus was crucified, the very same room that Jesus appeared to them after the resurrection, and now they return, seemingly waiting for Jesus to show up again. They replaced Judas with a guy named Matthias, and and now what? Now what do they do? And as they gathered In this upper room, a great wind blows through. Individual flames of fire begin to illuminate each of them. And they begin to speak languages that they were not fluent in. This is the moment they had been waiting for, church. Jesus spent a considerable amount of time teaching and, and preparing those who followed him that one day he will no longer be with them. But the Holy Spirit would be. The Holy Spirit would join them, and they were to carry on. They were to carry on sharing the good news of love and grace by preaching and teaching and healing. But instead, at the time of Jesus' death and after the ascension, they just go back to the upper room to hide or to wait. But it's now. It's there in that sacred place that with wind and fire, they are speaking a language that they previously didn't know. The Spirit has arrived. And if we remember back to the beginning of Genesis, to the stories of creation, we see the same wind, the same Spirit hovering over the waters and begins to breathe life into the fullness of creation. If we remember back to the prophet Ezekiel, as he goes out to preach over the dead, dry bones, and they raise up back into life, it is the same great wind, it is the same spirit that God breathes life into those bones. And on this day of Pentecost, the apostles, those who followed Jesus the closest, the church, received the same life-giving breath of wind. It's the wind of the Holy Spirit that breathes life into the church. It's the breath of the Holy Spirit that breathes life into us. And with this new life, the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, they go. They go out into the community and they begin to preach the love and grace of Christ to all people. And let us take a moment 
I'm going to cheat. I'm not going to say all of, <laughs> all of the places and names that Mickey said. He did the hard work for me this morning. Thank you. Remember the context in which they live in. There are a lot of people around. A lot of people from different places. A lot of people from different regions and backgrounds and languages. We're roughly 50 days from the death and resurrection of Jesus. And I would imagine there's still a good amount of conversation surrounding those events. The relationships in the communities are still strained. And there's still people from everywhere. People who are trying to figure out what happened and why. What they're to think about it. What they're to do with it. If it really even mattered. There's enough people out there trying to figure out who this Jesus guy was. And now he's gone. And then Peter. Peter and those who followed Jesus, they show up after kind of disappearing for a while, and they begin to, to preach on the street corners in all different languages. We hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? And others jeered at them, saying, they're full of new wine. Those witnessing this moment, they were bewildered. How do you explain this? We know where these guys came from. This is not something they know how to do. They weren't the kind of guys who knew a bunch of languages, and certainly they didn't have time to become fluent. The only, the only explanation as to why Peter and the others were causing such of a scene, well, they were doing some hiding. And somewhere, wherever they were, they had a whole bunch of wine. Of course they're drunk. That's the only explanation as to why they can go out and do this. And as Peter stands there proclaiming the good news of Christ with the others, he raised his voice and he declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem, know this. Listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk. After all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Then he preaches a sermon. And this always, always makes me laugh, as it did when we read it the first time, because I find a whole lot of humor being somebody who stands up here before you at 9.30 every Sunday morning. I'm sure some of you are thinking, oh my gosh, I promise you, I am not drunk. <laughs> But what a way to lead into a sermon. By the way, I'm not drunk. Here's the good news of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The community that surrounded Peter and the disciples were so caught off guard. They were so bewildered. I love that word, bewildered. They were so bewildered by hearing these people preach in their language. In their language that they couldn't explain it. And some of them? Some of them were mad, and others, others simply took it in. Church, when we think about it, this happens more often today than maybe we realize. Maybe so, not so much in the terms of speaking languages that we don't know, but how often do we find ourselves in community experiencing the same event? Each of us showing up and having a different interpretation of what happened. Fairly often. Fairly often, I would imagine it happens all the time. 
doesn't matter if it happens here. Everybody in this room could hear this sermon today. Everybody at home could hear it. And we could all take something different home. It's the beauty of it. Whether it's here at church, a community event, a pride weekend, or just a night out on the town, we experience life and the world around us differently. No matter how or when we gather as people, no matter how we show up in community, we all have different experiences and interpretations of the same thing. Good, bad, right, or wrong. That's just how it is. And that's where we find the disciples. That's where we find the Holy Spirit in these moments. The community that surrounds Peter, part of them are bewildered because they had never seen or heard any of this. And they're being presented the wonders of God in such a way. In fact, nobody, nobody had seen Peter do this. Nobody had seen Peter preach at this point. The last time they saw Peter, he was denying Jesus and going and hiding. But it's the Spirit. It's the Spirit that breathed such life into Peter that he became, he, he, he moved, he changed from this cowardly denier to this bold preacher. But what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? For us as a church and for us as people? Where is the Holy Spirit breathing life into you? Where is the Holy Spirit bringing life into us as a church and as a community? And where is the Holy Spirit leading us, calling us, begging us to join in the work that is already going on? But before we answer these questions, I think it's worth noting on this Pentecost Sunday on this day in which we celebrate the Holy Spirit, that we don't always have a good understanding of who or what the Holy Spirit is. For many of us, maybe it's just me, the Holy Spirit carries a little bit of baggage with it. That the church and and plenty of people have caused a lot of harm while invoking the name of the Holy Spirit, Jesus and God. We can't leave people bewildered because we showed up. We can't leave people bewildered because we showed up, we claimed the Holy Spirit, and then we led with hate and harm and anger. Those are not qualities of the Holy Spirit church. The Holy Spirit leads with love and grace and hope and joy and peace and justice and service and so many more. And if we show up with anything different than that, we have not showed up with the Holy Spirit. Pentecost reminds us. Pentecost reminds us of the promise. Pentecost reminds us of the hope, of the love and the grace and the joy and the peace and the justice and the service and all of the things in which the Holy Spirit shows up within us. Pentecost brings me so much hope. So much hope for the church. So much hope for our community. And so much hope for us as people because we're not called to do this alone. It's a reminder that God breathes life into us daily. Into us as people, into us as a church, into us as a community, God breathes life into us daily through the Holy Spirit. A breath of hope, a breath of life, a breath of joy, of love, of grace, of peace, of presence, of being exactly who you are. God breathes life into the fullness of creation. And today we celebrate that. And may the Holy Spirit continue to breathe life into you today, tomorrow, and the next day.
and let us see how far the winds and flames of the Spirit go in sharing that good news with all people. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Bozeman United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on each week's sermon. To find out more information about us, you can go to bozemanumc.org or check us out on our Facebook and Instagram pages. No matter where you find us or connect with us, we pray that you get out there and do good.